I am actually not a huge proponent of the willpower, discipline you have to plow through because if you're rowing against the current, it will be 10 times harder. So I'm a proponent of going with the current or at least making the current to have less power, to drag you back less. And what drags you back, the current in our example, is those blocks. When you have those like nagging processes in the background of your head. So when you address those, it will be much easier to keep rowing forward. Welcome to the Junior Jobs Podcast, where we give new software engineers actionable job search advice relevant to today's job market. In today's expert interview, I'm talking with Ilya Dorman with Code for Humans. For the past five years, he's helped junior developers break free from tutorial hell, level up their skills, and ultimately find meaningful work. So if you feel stuck or overwhelmed in learning to code or in your job search, this is the man to talk to. So to help, Today, he's offering our listeners a free introductory call and 10% off his services. Just check out the link in the show notes to get started. Well, welcome, Ilya, to the show. Glad to have you back. Good to be back, Eric. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so today, we want to be talking about common mental blockers that developers face in their journey to learn software development. So let's start with first talking about from your experience, what are some of the most common mental blockers that new developers face? Okay, so I have a list of five blocks, which I kind of call thinking anti-patterns. Like in code, there are good practices, good patterns, and there are anti-patterns, which are, um, it's like a logic that looks uh, reasonable, but then you realize it actually hurts you more than it benefits you. So let's start with the first one. And this is, the most common like ever and it's thinking that you don't have the knowledge to solve the problem that you run into it's it's the default thinking of pretty much everyone who starts coding and it goes something like this i try to code something i get an error something doesn't work as i expect and my immediate reaction is i lack some kind of knowledge of how it works and i won't be able to solve this all right, so that's the first one. Okay, can you get a high level of some of the others and then we'll dive in more detailing how to overcome mm -hmm. them? Sure. Uh, the second one is, I call it, let's try something else. And it's something I tried doesn't work. Um, I'm just going to jump right ahead and try something completely different. The problem with this is obviously you don't understand what is the problem. You're just trying different stuff, but you're not actually learning a lot in the process. Yeah, it's like the brute force uh, pattern for trying to overcome a problem when you don't know what's kind of going on. You're just trying whatever you can come up mm -hmm. with, and that definitely can get frustrating. Exactly. Okay, that's a good one. What's uh, any others? Yeah. Number three is what is the best solution, the best practice? People get stuck on debating what is better to do, when in reality, it's not an actual problem. They just get, uh, they just give up. They don't make any choice because they think, oh, there must be some kind of implications of making one of these choices that I don't know. And then I'll just don't make any choice, hoping I might learn more. I might understand something more later and then make a better choice. And after myself having done this for over a decade, and I've worked on over 20 different projects for startups, the Fortune 500 companies, and I'll tell you, Everybody's got a different tech stack. Everybody's using some sort of different pattern. 
Uh, there are common practices, sure, but uh, the notion of a best practice is, is a, a little red, red herring in my mind. Mm -hmm. All right, so that's number three. Yes. What do we got for the rest? Number four is feeling that your progress is too slow. And this is also very common. It is because the expectations of people who start learning code and even it's not even for beginners only. It actually for a lot of people, even mid-level, even some seniors th still think that they don't have or that they don't do things efficiently enough, fast enough. And it has to do with setting the right expectations. And that's probably true for any new thing that you're learning. I'm thinking about learning a foreign language. You know, it can take years to really master it, but sometimes the excitement of learning the new language, you kind of kind of tapers off after the first few weeks or first few months. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all right. And then any others? And number five is lack of consistency. And it is actually the culmination of all the topics above, because when you feel that you don't make enough progress, you get stuck often, then you lose your motivation. All right. So that's a good summary. All right, so now let's circle back and let's go through each one of those. Let's talk about what developers should do instead to push through those blockers. So let's start with the first one. It's thinking that you don't have the knowledge to solve the problem that you run into. Um, and this is a really bad pattern because most coding issues are actually logic and thinking issues. They're not specifically code knowledge issues. Um, almost all of my students who are complete beginners they have more than enough knowledge to solve 90% of their errors, of their blocks. But what happens is that they get shocked by these problems and they think it's somewhere there. I don't know. And then they give up. Either give up or they spend you know, hours diving into Google, Stack Overflow, ChatGPT. Somebody else must have the answer because I'm too dumb to figure it out myself. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so number two is the let's try something else pattern. And it's basically, I try something, it doesn't work as expected, I just jump right into trying something else. The problem with that is that you don't learn. Your goal should be always to understand the problem. Not to fix it first, not to make it work, but first understand what is not working. Because this is where most of your coding knowledge will come. People go into coding hoping that they will learn, that they will do things, the things will work and they will progress. But actually you never learn from what is working. You just remember something that you did, it worked, it's nice. The bulk of the knowledge and understanding and your problem solving skills comes from figuring out why what you assumed uh, should work is not working. And to add something there, if you are making changes to make sure you understand what's actually working, make sure you make very small, you know, single line sing or single changes as much as you can. Because uh, if you change, you know, five different things as like your brute force approach to try and fight your way through this issue, and it, if it works, you don't know what worked. You know, what well, which one of those five things actually solved the problem that you were facing? Yeah, exactly. So, small incremental changes. Exactly. Exactly. Very good. I agree. Uh, so for the third one, what's our strategy there? So three is basically thinking that there are far-reaching consequences in certain choices that you make and then getting stuck by making no choice or researching ad infinitum, whatever is the best approach. 
And the reality is the best approach is whatever works for you right now. When you are many, many years down the line and you have to make far-reaching choices, you have to make choices that have far-reaching consequences, um, then you obviously have to do those things. But when you're learning, it is far more important to just make any choice, continue with that, and then discovering if it works or not. And if it doesn't work, we go back to the previous issue and we figure out why it didn't work. And then you have actual information that you can base your choice on. And then you can explain why you made this choice and not that choice. Um, and another kind of tip for that is if you can't say that there are major differences, if, it does, if it's not obvious to you that one choice will somehow impact something and the other one will do something else, then it's probably meaningless. That it's probably just something that you thought in your head is a big problem, but it's not in reality. So just keep trying something. And even in professional software development, the concept of constantly refactoring is is there. So even though I spend you know hours researching different approaches and designing our code base in a certain way, we still have technical debt accrue, and we still allocate time to go back and you know change our pattern. Oftentimes, you don't really learn about yeah you know, the problem domain that you're working in until you've actually started making progress in it. Uh, so yeah, definitely don't get stuck in, I call it the fuzzy front end of a problem where it's very ambiguous. You don't know what to do. Just kind of start making steps forward and it'll become more clear as you move. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh. Uh, so number four then, what's our strategy there? So number four is thinking that your progress is too slow. And the strategy there is to redefine what is actually your progress. And to do that, we need to define what is our goal. And the main goal when you learn to code is to understand what you're doing. It is not lines of code, amount of features, how many apps you have shipped. It's none of those. It is to understand what is happening. So as long as you understand all of your code that you wrote and there is some kind of progress, you are in the right way. Uh, I had multiple students tell me but on the job, they will ask me to, to do something and ship it in a certain speed. And what I say to them is, yeah, on the job, you will be asked for, uh, on the job, you will be asked to deliver things at certain pace, but you're not on a job yet. Right now you're learning. And to be good on your job, you need to actually learn well, and you need to change the goal of what you're doing right now. So then later you can have those skills. And that is why even when somebody is finally employed as a software engineer, I still highly recommend having side projects that you're working on because then you have the freedom to really explore these different problems that you may not have on the job because, yes, you are controlled by those tighter deadlines. Exactly. And I, I feel like the, the pattern, the, the anti-pattern here that we're addressing is kind of a symptom of the broader education system in general. I know, at least for me, a lot of my college experience, and I got a technical degree, was still about just, you know, there's so much going on, and you just got to pass that test, and you got to cram and do whatever you need to do, and then you kind of forget about it, and you move on to the next thing. Yeah. Um, but you got to kind of, you got you to rewire your brain. It's not about just achieving these different milestones or trying to you know, get something done in a certain amount of time. It's really about making whatever you're learning become part of who you are. Yes, exactly. And you do this only through your hands, through typing, through trying, 
um, and through giving yourself the time to figure things out properly. Absolutely. Uh, so then number five, are, does that get us what we need or is there anything else we need to resolve the fifth issue? No. So number five is lack of consistency. And why do people have lack of consistency? Because all the issues that we discussed before, they, they are blockers. They basically make you give up. They make you think you don't have the skill, the speed, uh, the knowledge, whatever, and then you stop. And if you don't feel progress, if you don't feel competence, it is very, very easy to give up. So mm -hmm. once you resolve those, your motivation will almost automatically go up. So I am actually not a huge proponent of the willpower, discipline you have to plow through because if you're rowing against the current, it will be 10 times harder. So I'm a proponent of going with the current or at least making the current to have less power, to drag you back less. And what drags you back, the current in our example, is those blocks, is this feeling, I won't be able to do this. When you have those like nagging processes in the background of your head saying, I don't know, I'm stupid, I'm not capable. Of course it is hard. So when you address those by addressing those very practical steps that we discussed earlier, it will be much easier to keep rowing forward. There will be much less resistance. For, for all the conversations that we have or books out there about the importance of grit and willpower, I feel like they miss the important concept of uh, fun. Like I know for me, I never felt like I was working hard at learning to program, although I was staying up late, I was waking up early, I was on the weekends coding. But um, I mean, externally, an external party can look at that and be like, oh wow, Eric is working so hard. He has such incredible grit. But really, I was doing it because it was fun. Uh, yeah. and it was interesting to me. Uh, and I was able to you know, work through and push through some of these blockers and make progress. And it felt good. I was getting those, those dopamine hits to reinforce my learning. Uh, so uh, if you're not having fun, and you got to circle back and see how, how are you approaching the problem. You must, be, you must be doing something wrong. Yes. And... Of course, to add to that, the best way to kill fun, to murder it viciously, is to expect yourself to be good at it. Expect yourself, I now must have fun and I must have it fast. And then anything mm -hmm. you do doesn't compare to the ridiculous expectation that you have in your mind. But if you say, I'm just going to try and have something working, to have some progress and it's good enough, then everything is is basically about these expectations and you're not um, trying to to force things like i use yeah go ahead oh, i was gonna say this is just reminding me of some concepts i've heard of expectations are just premeditated resentments right when you have all of these expectations of yourself you're just getting ready to, you know, resent yourself or, or resent other people if you have the expectations of others. Yeah. Uh, so just really approach it with, you know, minimal expectations. You're just trying to learn, have fun and engage. Yeah. 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 That is true. And also, I think the flip side of that is that you will feel frustration. You will feel like you're falling short of what you want. Um, so don't idealize, oh, I, it must be fun and it must be all flow. Otherwise, I won't do it. I was in this trap for a while. 
understand that you will feel frustrated, you will feel stupid, you will feel like things are not happening the way you want them. And this is also fine. All these negative emotions are also fine. And this is a huge part of what I'm sometimes working with people. And it's basically how they respond to things not happening the way they want them to happen. Because this is, this is again, you have, you're doing something that is, uh, that is work, that is creative. But then what happens is you run into emotional blocks. You run into feeling all kinds of things that you want to, you would rather avoid feeling. And you have to know. This is almost, yeah. Uh, this is almost becoming a, like a therapy session. Uh, another thought process that, that I like to have is like, there's no such thing as, uh, or I should say, emotions are not moral. Like, there are no good feelings and bad feelings, like good and evil feelings. Like, if you're angry, that's just your body trying to tell you that, like, you need something, that you feel out of control. Um, just like if I was hungry, that's not like an evil feeling. It's just my body telling me that I need something to eat. Yeah. Uh, so if you're having negative emotions, you're feeling frustrated, like, just take a step back and talk about it. What's your body trying to tell you? Um, exactly. And then, you know, address, and then address it. No big deal. There was one time that I was trying this new framework for particles. And I got so frustrated with the documentation of the examples and nothing worked. And I was like really ready to, to be smashing the keyboard. And then I decided, why don't I make videos so people will know what is happening. So people will know the real experience, what happens of a developer who has like 10 years experience that everybody would expect him to understand everything, to solve everything. And I made this angry video with the metal music in the background when I was cursing constantly. It was so relieving. It was so fun. It was one of my best coding videos ever, just getting oh, yeah. out all the frustration on this stupid library that I couldn't get to work. I'm sure everybody could could relate. Uh, so I want to hear, so you work with individuals uh, individually to help overcome these barriers. You mentor them, you coach them, you have a program, you, you march them through. Uh, so help me understand, do you have any examples of students that were having some of these mental blocks? You coached them through this and then had some incredible success afterwards. Any kind of before after stories that you can share so that the listeners can understand the impact of what these lessons can have? Yeah, definitely. So for example, one of my most recent graduates, um, he had, most of my students have some background in coding. So they already tried, they usually like tried some tutorials, this and that, they got stuck and then they find me. So this guy, already had the good amount of technical knowledge, knew React, knew Node.js. Um, he was uh, a philosophy graduate. And this is important. No, I'm sorry. He was a psychology, not philosophy. And, and this is an important point because his main block was that he had these vague ideas of how things should work. But because he was very like words person, it was hard for him to translate the idea that code has to be extremely specific to do what he wants to do. And it's not enough that he has this kind of idea. And the process with him was always digging into the little details. So for him, it was a lot of number one, he would run into problems and he would just not try to see the, the full picture and what is happening. He would just, okay, I don't know. I won't be able to solve this. Let's move on to something else. 
and he would try something else, which he never would have fully understand. And I would take like chunks of code that he wrote and I would grill him on those things. Okay. What, what does this letter do? Why is there a dot here? What kind of data structure is it? And really like dig into the details. And eventually after, uh, I think it was 10 sessions, he finally got over his fear of errors and he was able to start debugging his own stuff and solving his own problems. Oh, talking about, I don't know if this is true for that specific example, but you talk about seeing errors, right? I can't mm -hmm. tell you how many times I've worked with developers, you know, and I've been prone to this too. You see the error and, oh my gosh, you freak out. You'd maybe try something else and you don't even read the error message. Yes. Right? yes it's that like is... a paragraph of text. You, yes. you skim That's... it, you assume it's nothing mm -hmm. and you try to make all these assumptions about what's probably really going on. Just read the error message. Yeah. It's trying to tell you what's wrong. Exactly. But, but this is this, it's people, they don't even try to read because they already assume they wouldn't know what it means. And sometimes it is very simple. Like I, I saw this happening so many times. I'm telling the person, just read the error and they read it. It's like, oh, so this is what is happening. Okay. Yeah. Instead of just copying it into chat GPT, have somebody else tell me what it's saying. You're, you're smart if you can figure this out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, this is a great conversation. I think was really helpful to hopefully unblock a lot of the, the listeners that we have here in their journey to learn how to get into software engineering and be a successful software engineer. So I really want to thank you for hopping on. That's all the time that we have for today, though. Uh, so thank you to anybody that's listening, and we will see you all next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Junior Jobs Podcast. We hope you found today's interview helpful as you navigate your own job search in tech. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to like and subscribe as that helps us reach more developers in need. And don't forget to check the show notes for details on today's sponsor and other job search services that we provide. Thanks for listening and have a great day.